I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. This is a pre-recorded program presented by KSL News Radio and Intermountain Healthcare. Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. We discuss the important community issues of stronger mental health, emotional wellness, and the growing problem of addiction. Here's our host, Maria Chaleos, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. And thank you for joining us for Healthy Mind Matters. Today we are talking about Encircle and helping LGBTQ families and communities. With me is Stephanie Larson. She is the CEO of Encircle, and thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here and to tell you a little bit about Encircle. So start out. Tell us about Encircle. What are you all about? Um, Encircle is an LGBTQ youth and family resource center. We have three homes in Utah, and we, we basically offer... A, a safe space for youth to come and to do their homework, to eat out of the kitchen, to just enjoy life. We have programs, we have friendship circles, we have therapy, and we work on a lot of educational materials. So tell me how you got started. What did you find the need was for Encircle? Well, I um, was living in Provo. Um, I guess this was about five years ago, and I was learning about Utah's high youth suicide rate And then in learning that LGBTQ youth are three times more likely to take their lives than their straight peers, um, you know, I started really wondering why is this happening? You know, what what is happening in these youth's lives? And, you know, I guess I kind of have my own story behind this where I grew up in Orem and I went to BYU for seven years. I was a family science major. And then after I completed law school, I went to Capitol Hill to work for a committee where we wrote legislation to protect the traditional family. Um, Back then, I would have told you that uh, if we ever had same-sex marriage, it would destroy the moral fibers of our country. Uh, This was back in 1997. It was the same year that I met my husband's uncle, John Williams, who was gay. And he was, you know, a big part of Salt Lake City. He was the first renovationist in Salt Lake City. He started the Gastronomy Restaurant Group, the total of 13 restaurants, such as the Market Street Grill. Um, In getting to know John Williams, I found him to be one of the most Christ-like people I had ever met. And so all of a sudden, I was questioning a lot of my beliefs, like how could I judge this man for who he is based off of the way I see him live his life and the contribution he's making to Utah. And so to me, it felt like, how was it that John was such a successful gay man in Salt Lake City coming out over 50 years ago, yet people in my community were taking their lives, feeling their lives were not worth living? It felt like we were moving backwards and just that something needed to be done. So tell me about the safe space that you pretty much created and how it's being used and who is using it. Well, our target demographic is ages 12 to 25. 
we find junior high students are coming, uh, high school students, and college students. We're located close to BYU and UVU in Provo, close to the University of Utah in Salt Lake, and in Dixie in St. George. Um, we just find it's a safe space for these kids to come and to be who they are and to explore what they're feeling. And one thing that we have made a point of is that it's for families and the community. We want the parents to come and to feel safe, to have conversations around, you know, what their children are experiencing, how they can better support them, what they don't know, you know, know. Because I think that's one of the things that has really been lacking in communities like mine is a place for parents to go because parents sometimes struggle even more than their children do when their children come out. And we find that once the parents are okay, the children are inevitably okay. So what is happening in this safe space to make everyone feel so good? Like what are your programs? What What are you doing? Well, we have eight programs a week at each home. And the programs vary from... You know, we have a writing class that helps youth learn how to express their feelings in the written medium rather than holding them in. We have art classes. We have music classes. um, We have speaking classes where people who are LGBTQ come and tell their stories to families and the community at large. I think that once we hear those stories and we get to know one another, we're all better people. And we, we the love happens and we understand so um, there's programs. We also have what we call friendship circles. Friendship circles are basically support groups. Uh, we have 11 of those at each house a week. We average 25 to 30 youth in each support group or friendship circle. I think those are the most important thing that we are doing that's helped keeping the youth alive. They come to those friendship circles, and they, instead of being at home in their own room feeling shame for who they are, they're coming in and they're seeing other amazing youth and saying, if I'm like them, I'm going to be okay. And they find community again. How long has Encircle been around? We opened our first Encircle on Valentine's Day 2017, so just over three years. So this is an innovative concept. How did you start? I mean, where did you begin? How did you kind of create this idea? Uh, kind of by mistake, I would say. Um, I called John Williams, actually, back um, two months before he was murdered, and asked him if he would help me do something in Provo. I said, I think that Provo may be one of the hardest places to be an LGBTQ youth. Is there any chance you would help me do something? And he said, sure, what are we going to do? And so we had conversations around, let's do this in a home so that uh, youth who maybe don't feel at home anywhere else, at church, at school, in their own homes, will have a place that... They can spend time where they do feel at home. And so I went looking for a house. I thought, well, it should be an old house because that's what John Williams does is he renovates old buildings. So I thought, well, I'll just start in downtown Provo where all the old homes are. And I drove past the downtown Provo Temple, which was about to be dedicated. And I thought, well, I'll just kind of circle this area. And I turned a right after the temple. And there on this little hill was honestly the cutest house I've ever seen. It was a 1871 uh, stick-style architecture home built by a Mormon polygamist with two huge available signs. So I drove up in and parked, looked through the windows, and there were rainbow stained glass windows in it. And my first thought was, this is the place. 
And truthfully, I called John Williams. I got him on my phone, and I started showing him, you know, on live video pictures of the home, and he was ooing and aahing. This house has, like, round shingles and the most beautiful architecture. But then I flipped the phone around, and he could see the temple, and he said, no way, absolutely not. These kids will need a backdoor. They'll need privacy to work through this. Most of them won't be out yet. And that's when I pushed back, uh, really not knowing what I was saying, but having this idea that in communities like mine, if you can get these kids to be okay with themselves, and if you can get their parents to be okay with who they are also, they're still not going to completely thrive unless they live in a community where they feel understood. You know, if you live in a community that you love and you feel judged, misunderstood, then you never completely thrive or you have to leave. And so the the idea within Circle became to bring in volunteers, to train people, to help our community understand who our LGBTQ friends and family are, and to all rally around and support them. So obviously you chose that home. Yes, we chose that home. Um, John Williams, as I said, uh, passed. And at first I was like, there is no way that I can do this without John. He's the gay man who understands. He has the financial backing and the business experience. But my community showed up. People who had heard about this said, we'll help. We'll come in and we'll help. And so we would post little things on Facebook like, hey, we're going to rip out the carpet and the old um, cabinets in the house today. And we would literally have 100 people show up over and over again on their Saturday mornings to help us renovate this little home. So it became you know, a community project. And since then, we have tra- uh, trained over 3,000 volunteers in that little house in Provo. And, you know, and then we've trained more in Salt Lake and St. George at this point. Well, that's in such a short period of time. Yeah, it's been really great. You know, I feel like I see the best in people every day. We need to take a break. And you're listening to Healthy Mind Matters on KSL News Radio.